Shabbat Shalom, friends. This week, uh, we'll be uh, tapping into the section of the reading of Torah by the name Lech Lecha, which means literally that God told Avram to go unto your land from your land, from your birthplace, and from the house of your father, to the land that I shall show you. And it says, Lech Lecha, go unto you. And the commentators find that a little difficult because if the instruction from the point of view of God to Avram is to go from one place to another, then it would have sufficed to have said lech rather than lech lecha, go unto yourself. And while there are some answers, difficult as they may seem, to uh, indicate this additional word of lecha, some say it means, well, it's going to be for your benefit, etc., and so on. However, to understand the, uh, the, uh, the concealed and, of course, the hidden and, obviously, the true meaning of this physical verse, uh, we must resort back to the Zohar. But before I do that, the... The section then goes on to say that I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Why would it be so dependent upon Avram if people cursed him? After all, is he just a normal human being? Uh, I mean, we've all had our difficulties with friends, neighbors, families. And why would, in this case, why would God intercede and say, oh, but Avram, you're, you're different. I mean, if anybody starts up with you, I'm going to personally take care of him. This is not the kind of, of uh, understanding what we'd expect from Torah. And first of all, it's a man as God. What relevance does it have to do with us today of whether this is what he once told him? And many of the commentators find that uh, not only repulsive, but uh, they, they, they like to search. They like to search into the internal meaning because obviously from the surface, uh, and reading it very literally, it, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and therefore, when we begin to understand that who was this Avram? Was he a human being? No, we are told from the Zohar that this man was a patriarch. And what does that imply, patriarch? Says the Zohar, 
that he was a Merkab. He was a chariot. A chariot. What does a chariot mean? And so the Zohar explains the idea of chariot, that yes, Abraham was a physical man. He literally existed. However, the significance of Abraham was not the fact that he was, as some proclaim him, to be the father of the Jewish nation or the father of Islam. But then again, he would also be the father of Christianity. Is that what we ought to understand uh, in regards to the importance of Avram? Furthermore, from what we have gleaned from most of the commentary on this section, that Abraham significance arose out of the fact that he believed in one God. And I've always questioned that, that phenomenon. And so Abraham brought monotheism to the world. Wonderful. But frankly, what difference does it make if there is one God or there are many? Maybe there's a purpose for each God to share something. I mean, but why, why place all of this significance upon Abraham as the idea that he brought monotheism to the world? What does that mean? And so to understand the significance and the purpose and the reason why we would go and listen to this section is because of what the Zohar in its description of Avram provides us. Avram represents, says the Zohar, Chesed, that first sphere. And if you remember, when we discussed day one, We've always stressed the idea that day one, where there was just water, day one, which is the sphere of Hesed, embraces unity. Like we mentioned last week, the idea of the seed, that within this seed, within this day one, when it says, Vahier, Vahibokeh, Yomahad, there was not the first day, but rather a unified day. Because Hesed, that sphere of Hesed, brings to us the absence of dissension, the absence of differentiation, the absence of opposing forces, but rather all become unified. Although they are separate and distinct Ideas and maybe consciousness as well. Nevertheless, they represent a kind of echad in the universe. That is the power of Or the Chassadim. That is the power of the sphere of Chesed. It is where 
this man became, as his owner says, the leaf. And that's why he's like the chariot. The chariot means like a saddle. The saddle combines, the saddle combines the rider with the horse. It's that link in between that brings together two different realms. So too, the purpose of Abraham in being considered a chariot that he could provide us through the reading of Torah, through this experience of Abraham, the idea of Echad and the idea of antimatter that we have been discussing, that because of the absence of antimatter, the world must undergo the, the, the pain of suffering, the chaos that has become so prevalent in our society only because, only because this idea of separation, this idea that the world is not one quantum whole, but rather different aspects. And there are different aspects, but to be all part of one whole where they, they don't conflict with each other, they complement each other, rather, and they must exist as different entities, but only, only from a point of view of bringing together the unity that this world requires in order to remove chaos. And therefore, when it says, I will bless you, I will bless those who bless you, what are we talking about? About Abraham? No. We're discussing that when people embrace you, or people, when it says curse you, meaning people who separate from this idea, people who live in a disjointed, in, a, in a, a, an atmosphere of, of conflict, then, of course, they will reap the benefit of pain and suffering. But when you make your connection to Abraham, you make this connection to that universal state of unity, of unity, which brings everything together as one, although each section can be absolutely different than the other, but they're both complementing. They're both bringing together that unity that this world requires. And so therefore, when we find the, uh, the, uh, the two words there, lech lecha, go unto you, Yes, it is for our benefit. Meaning, embrace Abraham because he has been brought into this world for our benefit, for the benefit of being able to and enable us to tap, to tap into this realm, this metaphysical realm of antimatter, which is our only salvation, which is our only hope of re ultimately removing chaos and strife and pain and suffering. The idea of unity. This is the whole concept. Another aspect that I think is important 
that deserves mention, and that is the changing of names. Changing of names. Many of us, many of us have been given names because the parent just thought this would be a nice name. But we learn from this Pasha, where Avram's name was changed to Abraham, Avraham, Sarai, whose name was with a Yud at the end of her name, was changed to the same idea of a hey. Abraham the, had the uh, inclusion of the letter hey inserted in, in his name, and, with, and where Avram now became Avraham, same with Sarah, where it was Sarai, the Yud was replaced with the letter Hey. To give us a not to understand that these two people, Abraham, age 100, Sarah, age 90, were now going to had a son, Isaac, a son, Isaac, when she had lost all of her, her uh, reproductive organisms. And now this change of name, says the Zohar, was going to create a new individual. Does it mean a new individual? No, it means the restoration of her reproductive organs. Look at what this one letter can do, this letter hey. Obviously, this letter hey, without going into the full ramification of what this letter hey means, but the last letter of the Tetragrammaton, that we see the power of the Hebrew letters, that what it really did was not create a new Sarah, but rather, through the insertion of this letter hey, the DNA that always remains till the very end with an individual. And although somehow at a younger age, the body is in a position to perform certain functions, which later on in, 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 in the uh, latest stages of, of adult, adulthood or in, in, in those, those days of of where old becomes the habit. This is letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and that is the energy we want to draw upon because we want to again revitalize and take those same DNA structures that are contained in our bodies and rejuvenate, revitalize, and which is what she did. The DNA that produced the original reproductive organs in, in Sarah is the same. Somehow old age takes over, which is not what I want to discuss here, but the DNA doesn't disappear with old age. And so what we are striving on, and we have been talking about immortality, we've been talking about how ultimately we are going to revert back if someone is age 90 or 100, to revert back to age 26. Is that possible? Well, science says theoretically it is. And so it suffice to say that we have, we have that methodology. That is what Kabbalah is all about.
And so here we have, again, an opportunity to tap into that kind of consciousness, that kind of technology by which we shall all, again, rejuvenate and reclaim our youth, which was the original intent. Old age only came about when the loss when the loss of this technology came about. But now, in our lifetime, the technology, the teachings of Kabbalah are present, are here for all to take. And this certainly is one of the tools that we make use of in the reading on Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom to all of you.